Welcome to the first PCAST, the first ever PCAST. I am Colby Wilson, Associate Director of Athletic Communications. Alongside me is Dylan Schwartz, our intern. Dylan, say hey. Hello. All right, that's enough from Dylan for today. Uh, and we are introducing the PCAST because, quite frankly, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. We've got a lot of interesting stories, a lot of things happening around campus, and I feel like people need to know about them. Uh, Dylan's going to join me until he screws up, so this may be Dylan's first and only episode. Who knows? Um, let's get right into it with a little bit of talk about what's going on outside the Dunn Center walls. Uh, first, Pro Golf Tour is coming to an end this year. Uh, Eric Barnes, Austin P. Hall of Famer, 39th on the Web.com Tour regular season money list, so he will be back in the hunt and searching once again for his PGA Tour cardigan in 2019. Another alum, Marco Eaton, ranked 622nd in the World Golf Rankings and 63rd on the Challenge Tour as he continues a strong career in Europe. Brad Kirtley, SID Emeritus here at Austin P, is long predicted that Eaton will be the next big gov on the Pro Tour, and Kirtley is looking more and more correct all the time. Uh, on the diamond, Sean Kelly has been a man reborn since his trade from the Nationals, making 17 appearances for the Oakland A's, posting a 2.45 ERA and striking out nearly a batter per inning. The A's clinched a postseason berth on Monday night, meaning Kelly will be repping the P in October baseball. Dylan, what's it look like for the A's in terms of their postseason chances? Yeah, they're hoping to get a wild card spot at the moment. They're fighting with the, the Yankees for that home field advantage in the wild card spot. And Kelly has been a big reason out of the uh, bullpen, especially why the athletics are in that position. Uh, on the gridiron, uh, Kyron Moore keeps killing it up in Canada. Six touches, 125 all-purpose yards last week against Toronto for Saskatchewan. Tiny doing it up big north of the border. Uh, men's and women's basketball starts their practice this week. The men on Tuesday, the women on Wednesday. Conceivably, both will have started before you hear this podcast. Uh, for the men, obviously, coming back, Terry Taylor uh, is going to be the big story for the governors. Uh, preseason, well, not necessarily preseason, all OVC, but we'd be certainly surprised if the freshman of the year from last year did not receive that honor. Uh on the women's side, Dylan, what do you think we can expect in the early going? Yeah, obviously the women are coming off a season where they had the most wins since overall wins since 2009 and the most conference wins since 2011. So it's a lot to build on for David Midlick and his team. Um, they lost a couple players, but they have a couple players coming back and a couple recruits that they think that will be a big addition and big pieces to the team and they, as they try to go and qualify for their fourth consecutive OVC tournament under Midlick. Uh, both men's and women's basketball doing some stuff around the community here in the last few or next few days. Uh, Coach Matt Figure for the Governors, part of a big Coaches versus Cancer event last week in downtown Nashville, uh, raised a ton of money, over $100,000 for the American Cancer Society chapter here in Middle Tennessee, uh, just making a huge difference there. And uh, for the women's basketball team, an uh, interesting little event coming up on Thursday this week. Yes, they're going to be hosting a trivia night at Fort Terra Stadium Echo Power Club level. Uh, there'll be light snacks and beverages provided. It's $10 a person. You can get a team together and make your way to the stadium or be on a uh, team from one of the current Lady Gov players. If you have any questions, you can contact the Director of Basketball Operations, Amy Elkis. Her number is 
Fantastic. And on campus for our athletes, a couple of big things coming up this week as well. SAC meeting, uh, September 26th at 7 p.m. in the Gus Club room. Uh, get involved, stay involved there. Uh, SAC is as strong as it's been here at Austin P in a very long time and really doing some great things. And then uh, uh, prior to that, uh, on September 26th from 430 to 7 at the Echo Power Club level uh, is the Etiquette Dinner. Uh, that's a, a huge event for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Ryan Combs spearheading that. Contact him for more information. Everybody here on campus knows how to get a hold of Combs. So uh, just be involved with that. Uh, a great thing for our student-athletes to get involved with. All right, let's look back at last weekend, uh, Dylan, and we'll kick it off with something we probably won't kick off a lot, and that's uh, cross-country. Cross-country had a home event last week, and – the big story coming out of that is Wesley Gray. Wesley Gray absolutely destroyed the field. Uh, won that by several, several lengths over his next closest competition. Big win for him. Uh, big win for the Govs overall. And, and just maybe, hopefully, a springboard to what they can accomplish going forward. Yeah, obviously a huge individual title for Wesley Gray, first place, and obviously the team getting first place for the men as well. And you had uh, other runners such as Thomas Porter and Hezron Kiptu. Um, make very good places and have very good runs and times to help the Govs go across the line in first place and hopefully they can build on that and um, be very competitive when they start getting into more of their meets later in the season. Uh, and a solid showing for the women as well, led by Maisie Lay, uh, who has really stepped up in her first year in Clarksville as well. Uh, volleyball, um, another sweep. Uh, uh, they, they sweep everyone. They sweep every weekend. Um, Honestly, it's becoming surprising when they drop even so much as a set. Uh, have not lost to UT Martin or Southeast Missouri in their last six matches against both those teams. A 13-match win streak in road OVC contest dating back to 2016, which this is not an easy conference to do that in. So props to Taylor Mott and her crew for continued dominance on the road. And Austin P. it's not like they're just letting other people beat themselves. The Govs, 14.46 kills per set, ninth in the nation coming into this week. Uh, Dylan, that offensive attack is just, it's clicking on all cylinders. Oh, yeah, and maybe some people around the conference thought the offense may not be as good as it was last year after they lost the 2017 OVC Offensive Player of the Year in Ashley Slay, but... Two players in particular, Cecily Gavel and Brooke Moore, have definitely stepped up and provided a big offensive boost to the Govs as referenced by that 14.46 kills per set, which, as you said, is ninth in the nation. And they also have a one of the best setters in the country to give them the ball for that offense in Kristen Stucker. Cecily Gavel? Gavel. Excuse me. Do you want to try Gable? Gable. Usually people mess up her first name, not her last name. It's <laughs> a new one. I apologize. Uh, looking elsewhere in and around Austin P. Uh, Saturday was a tough day for the governors at UT Martin. Uh, your, your heart hurts for the kids. Put in the work, but hopefully a setback is going to be a setup for a comeback. Uh, there were some bright spots on the gridiron for the governors, though, uh, on both sides of the ball. And, and uh, it's, it's not like it was a, a total loss. There were some really good things and, and some things to build on. Yeah, Jason Williams obviously got a lot of preseason accolades, and he's been living up to those uh, to that hype as well. Two tackles for loss in the game against UT Martin. He was always in around the backfield, around the ball carrier all day, trying to provide a spark to that Govs defense. On the offensive side, Kento Williams um, had a very good day. Had nearly 100 yards on the ground against a very good UT Martin defense, and now they're looking ahead against Jacksonville State, 
a team that's won 33 conference games in a row. So, again, it's going to be a tough ask to go on the road and defeat them, but the Govs feel confident with uh, some of their play recently. Soccer as well couldn't quite break through against two of the league's best in SIUE and Eastern Illinois. Uh, SIUE really could be a contender in this. Uh, that's, a, that's a quality opponent, one of the best this league offers, and the Govs took them to overtime. How do you, how do you think uh, Coach Kolarova's team feels about that one? Well, of course, when you go into overtime, you'd like to at least get a tie, but ho- you know, obviously the win, um, overtime losses, you know, are always leave a sour taste in the mouth. But SIUE currently lead the conference. They've won three out of the first four conference games. They defeated the 2017 OVC champions, Murray State, in the same fashion in overtime. So it's not like it's a you know a terrible loss, and you know the the Govs really shouldn't feel. Uh, too down about themselves. They still played uh, well and took them to overtime on the road as well. Um, and against East Illinois, which, you know, again, they uh, lost just by one goal, but they earned more corners. They outshot uh, EIU, and, you know, EIU had one shot in the second half and it went in. Um, so you just have to be able to bounce back, and hopefully they have one game this weekend at, Jack- er, at home against Jacksonville State, and hopefully they can win that and climb back up the OVC standings. Want to shout out a couple of OVC Player of the Week winners uh, for the volleyball team. Jenny Garrig, uh, Defensive Player of the Week, second of her career, uh, ten sets in the f- ten digs in the first set. Excuse me, that was a word scramble uh, against SEMO. Really set the tone against the Red Hawks. Tallied twenty three total against Southeast Missouri. Another twenty against UT Martin. As the Govs have had at least one player earn a weekly honor from the OVC all five weeks of this season. And then uh, just came across the wire before we sat down to record this pod, Wesley Gray for men's cross country, runner of the week, first of his career, and first for a governor since Enoch Langat, boy, I hope I got that right, in 2010. Uh, Been a long time since the Govs got a little bit of love from the Ohio Valley Conference, well-deserved for Wesley Gray, first of his career. Okay, we're going to shut up now and bring in Mackenzie Dixon of the women's soccer team. She is considered to be our first guest. She did not know we were so bad at this, and hopefully we will <laughs> improve and not embarrass Mackenzie for the rest of her life. Uh, we'll take a break and be right back. So joining us today for our maiden voyage here in podcast land is women's soccer star Mackenzie Dixon, a four-year standout SAC representative, peer mentor, general bon vivant around campus. Mackenzie, thank you for joining me today in what is sure to be the most awkward interview you've ever had. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Uh, So to start with, how did you get into soccer as a kid? So we moved around a lot, and when I was younger, I think maybe that might have been the easiest sport to get into. Um, When I lived in Colorado, I played a bunch of other different sports, but I think soccer just kind of resonated the most, and I was the most competitive and had the best shot at going competitive, playing competitive soccer and getting on a travel team, and then eventually working my way up to playing high school and then playing at a club level and trying to get recruited. 
coming up through the years, who would you say was probably your biggest influence, not just in soccer, but in life? Who's somebody that you really tried and strived to sort of pattern yourself after? That's a great question. Um, I'd say probably my mom, just in the way that she was involved with our family and led our family. And just um, both my parents actually were very encouraging and always pushing me to be the very best that I could since I was little from the time I can remember my dad has always told me play like a champion before every single game and that's just continued from when I was little to now. Why Austin P? You had a lot of options and opportunities coming out of high school. What was it about our little slice of heaven here that really made you interested in coming to Clarksville? Austin P to me was that perfect happy medium sized school. It was the place where you could come and still be an individual, but it was also a place where you weren't just going to be a name on a roster in a classroom. It was a place where I felt um, a part of a community of the entire student-athlete body. Um, You came and you had an automatic 350 friends, and when I was coming on my recruiting visits, I just remembered going to games and seeing how supportive each team was of the other, and I loved that um, culture, and I wanted to be a part of that for sure. Over the years, and not just at Austin P, but in general, uh, who have been kind of your favorite teammates and favorite coaches and people who really left a mark on you? So one of the, the girls that I want to, I would put in that place would be Mary Ruth LaCastro. Um, when I was being recruited, I had um, asked our one of our former coaches, Jeremy, for a player's number so I could ask her from her point of view how things were, how she liked it, um, and whatnot. And within five minutes, I had... Rue, as we called her, calling me. And we probably spent an hour on the phone just talking and getting to know each other and just her sharing her experiences. And ever since that phone call, I just really appreciated her. And when I got here, she was like my mom. And I would just, I was, she took me under her wing and um, was a leader on and off the field for me. And I really appreciated that from her for sure. What is life like for you on campus? I know you're incredibly busy all day, every day. What's it like for you just whenever you get here, your your day's packed full of everything? So, goodness. Um, a typical day usually looks like class for me. Going to get, or well, it might start off with weights in the morning and then finding my way to campus for classes and in between that trying to fit in food so that way I'm prepped for practice later after classes and then kind of after classes, working on homework and whatnot. Um, but I would say like my freshman, sophomore year, when I was closer to campus, I utilized the library a lot more than I probably do now. I like sitting in my apartment and not being distracted by other people. She's still studying, though, Katie and Ryan Combs and everybody else that's yeah. listening. Still studying, still studying. Um, but campus life, sometimes I'll, I don't know, use the go to Einstein's or (laughs) go to the CAF, but I really probably don't spend as much time on campus as I used to. Talk a little bit about your involvement with different things, not just within the athletics department, but in general. You have filled your days with way more than just soccer in class. Definitely. Um, As president of SAC, our student-athlete advisory committee, we put on various events, so that's making sure that we're visible not only to the student-athlete body, the administration, but also to the students on campus as well, letting them know who we are and um, advertising the games that they can come to and support their athletes. Um, 
I'm on various committees for wellness and health, and that involves different meetings and planning other events and other initiatives to make sure that students have the type of resources that they need um, in case that they have an issue that they're struggling with, and then just other leadership roles that I take upon myself to be more involved in um, the campus life and the university and students. In terms of being involved on campus in SAC and especially in the mental health awareness things that you've been involved in, what really inspired you to, to make those causes a, a big part of your life? So for me, I my sophomore year, my junior year, I suffered injuries that took me out for most of my season and for some people you see them get down and really just discouraged and that can be a really hard process for them and especially a a lot lately you've seen um, players um, football players or other type of types of players that have committed suicide because they were struggling with something that no one had any idea that they were struggling with and so it's just really been a very hot topic right now especially in the NCAA trying to implement mental health initiatives and Um, really just giving those resources to students because we do battle a lot mentally whether you're going through something or not like it's just making sure that we're there for those students because I know that that's what I would want for me and someone to reach out to me and so if I can do something that maybe can reach one person it might not reach the whole student body but if it reaches one person I think that that's a win and that's definitely something that we're shooting for when it comes to dealing with mental health. Are you proud of what you've been able to do with SAC and as a peer mentor and some of the opportunities you've gotten outside of Austin P to not only represent Austin P but represent the OVC and represent yourself as someone who has taken on more than she has to. You know, nobody has to come in here and and do anything other than be a, your, your requirements are very baseline, be a student and be an athlete. But you've taken on a lot more than that. Are you proud of what you've been able to accomplish? Yes, I would say I am. I knew coming in I didn't want to just go to class and go to practice and then go home. I knew I wanted to figure out ways that I could develop myself more as a person and be able to become a more well-rounded individual. And I think that through the various um, committees and the various organizations that I've gotten to be a part of, yes, it might have stretched me thin a few times, but at the end of the day, I would rather pack my schedule full to where I can interact with people and spend time with them and get to know them than sit at home and chill, I guess. I really I really enjoy investing in people, and I think that that's one of the things that I've done very well here, and I'm very proud of that. And It's too short. I have too many things that I still want to do, but I only have a semester and a half left, so we're going to make the most of what we have left. So when you go on the road, is it almost like a mini vacation because you can't go to meetings and you can't go be a part of these committees? It is really just soccer and studying at that point. Yes. Um, it kind of sort of is like a mini vacation. In the, well, in the sense of when you're on the bus, not really because sometimes the bus is uncomfortable and most of our trips this year have been three-plus hours and sometimes the Wi-Fi on the bus isn't very compatible with what you need to do if you're taking a quiz or if you have homework that requires internet. But um, when you get to the hotel, when you get to the destination, we've done a really good job about um, not just sitting in the hotel. And so we've gone out and seen different sites and walked around and enjoyed the city or the town that we were in 
that we were playing at. So I've enjoyed that. That's been a nice little mini vacation. But I also feel like I have somehow been bogged down by homework every away trip. And so we're either on the bus and I just want to chill or we're in the hotel and it's like, oh, man, I just want to lay here. But then you have that daunting like you have that study guide due. You have a quiz due tomorrow. You have a test on Tuesday that you still haven't studied for. So it's <laughs> it more or less kind of not really. <laughs> Okay, so do you have you ever heard of the Prowse Questionnaire? No. Great. This will be a lot more fun. I've modified it a little bit because it's an old French thing, and one of the questions, for example, was uh, who is your favorite poet and why? And I don't know if you have an opinion about that, but I thought I'd ask a few that maybe you did have an opinion about. Okay. Do you have a favorite poet? You know, I could quote some poetry for you, but I know the poetry more than I know the poet. Please. Pretty, pretty, please quote some poetry. Quote some poetry. I mean, you know, you have the two roads, the fork one. <laughs> Isn't that? Who is that? Um, well, I remember high school, I had to remember a whole poem for my comm class, but I don't know. A lot of us on my team, actually, fun fact, we've bought all of these poetry books and we pass them around. So, like, Milk and Honey, and then we've got Yellow Was Her Favorite Color, and these other different poetry books that one of us will buy on Amazon and then we'll pass it around to each other. And it's kind of like a, a poetry passing train. But <laughs> there's that's, awesome. that's fun. Little snippet about soccer. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's start with this whatever I've done to this questionnaire. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Hmm. I mean, my word of 2018 is intentional, so I guess that could be my favorite word for 2018, but... Why? Um, I would say it's because I want to... I mean, be more intentional about my relationships with other people and how I invest in them and be more intentional about how I go about my academics and be more intentional about what I can do to be the best soccer player that I can to represent Austin P and also get the best result that we can. So just being intentional and um, making time for specific things that I might not have before. I'm, I'm pretty sure I just said intentional like 10 times. So well, it is your favorite word. Yeah, okay. I guess. What is your least favorite word? Bear in mind, we're trying to keep this somewhat family friendly. Right. <laughs> I don't. Let's see. I mean, I'm thinking of some, but I don't know <laughs> if it's fa family friendly. Just <laughs> words that I hear in the locker room that I'm like, come on now. But, um, okay, let's see. I mean, some people don't like the word moist, but I think that's fine. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with that one. Um,. I can't really think of one. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that leads really well into what is your biggest fault? My biggest fault? Probably not being able to say no enough. I was going to say my least favorite word was no, but sometimes I need to hear no. So it's like a good and bad thing. But that's probably, I probably don't say no enough. What is your idea of happiness? Hmm. These are like thought-provoking questions you've got today. Um, happiness, I think, would be feeling confident in who you are and how you interact with others and um, how you feel about yourself and doing what you believe is going to be best for you um, 
if that even if that means sometimes like sacrificing things or even if that means doing the thing that you normally wouldn't do in order to um, make sure that you are happy. I don't know if that answers that well enough. I, I think it does. What is your idea of misery? Misery. I think, I mean, it could be the opposite of what I just said for happiness, but um, maybe just being in a place where you're just totally um, not enjoying what you're doing. You really have to find yourself trying to motivate whatever it is you're trying to do, trying to motivate yourself or trying to get yourself to enjoy it. Um, I think misery can be having to do something that you don't want to do. But again, that could sometimes be a good and a bad thing. I mean, our fitness practices on Tuesday could be misery for a little bit, but in the end, it's going to make us better. So, I don't know. Who is your favorite superhero? This one's a little less thought-provoking, I think. My favorite superhero... I'm not... I really... I have super. I've I've seen movies, okay, but I'm not as big into the superhero world as some people are. But let's see. You know, my first person that came to my mind was um, the Joker from Batman, but he's not a superhero. <laughs> I just really like the character he played. But okay, let's see. Um, I'm willing to go with the Joker. I think that's great. Okay, that's fine. When and where are you happiest? I would say when I'm surrounded by those that I love and that I'm able to not only pour into them, but also have them like pour into me. And so it's kind of like a give and a take um, relationship. But I definitely find that I'm most happiest when I'm around those people or when I'm able to be intentional with them or um, just doing sometimes thanks for others that make their day is a cool moment and cool place to be as well. What animal do you love? Um, I really like giraffes. I have a giant giraffe pillow pet. It's like massive, kind of a little bit small. No, half of this table probably. I like giraffes. I think that they're really majestic African safari animals and um, did you know? Okay, fun fact about giraffes. <laughs> did you know? I'm learning as much as anybody else right now, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> did you know that it takes sometimes hours for a giraffe to throw up because its neck is so long? How did you find that out? I don't know. Just fun facts that you find in random places. But how sad is that? I hate throwing up. I lit- like I can't deal with it. I just don't. Oh, I can't. I would love to be there for someone when they're throwing back up, but I just can't. I'm out of the room. One of these sympathy pukers who, if you see somebody throwing up, you start to throw up. Yeah, it's a mental thing for me. I really have to like get out out. So I can't. That that is misery for multiple hours (laughs) having to try and throw up. Oh my gosh. Yep. There we go. What is your biggest and most irrational fear? I think. This could be, well, okay, I'm going to probably say dying and being forgotten. I think that that's irrational just because of the people that I've gotten to know and that I'll continue to get to know and just implementing that intentionality with other people. I think that that's irrational, but 
um, I want to make sure that my life here on this earth is impactful and it makes a difference. And I guess that could be why it's a fear and that's irrational. But yeah. Okay. The last one for this. If you could relive one moment in your life, what would it be and would you change anything? Wow. Let's see. I mean, I'm trying to think of moments, but I know I wouldn't change anything just because my past is who has made me into the person that I am today. And I'm proud of that person. Um, so I wouldn't change it. Whatever I would think of, I think maybe I could relive. Oh, I really enjoyed my Alaskan cruise with my entire mom's side of the family. Uh, we went for my grandparents 50th anniversary and it was like the first time in a hot second that we had all been together again and it was really cool and very just um in awe of nature and beauty and god's creation and so no i wouldn't change any of that but maybe that it was longer i would change it that it was longer that's what we'd go with perfect all right thank you uh last thing just to kind of wrap up here um future goals ambitions anything that you're involved with that you want to plug um I want to ask about Sweden because that kind of caught me by surprise when I read it on senior day. So uh, if you if you'd care to expound on that. For sure. Um, so occupation wise, I think I want to go into something with sports management, do something like what Ryan Combs or Kara or Katie or Haley do. I want to give all of them a shout out because I appreciate all of you. But um just doing something with like either academic advising or student development because that again puts me in a place where I can be intentional with people and I can um formulate relationships formulate yeah I think that's right form form we'll go with form form relationships with um athletes and it keeps me close to sports because I really don't think that I'll ever be able to get away from sports um no matter where I'm at I'm gonna try and get plugged in and I think that'd be a cool way to do it so yeah um something with like sports management in that area for occupation and then um yeah you mentioned Sweden um that's my plan right now um to go over and play um in Sweden play soccer there so um, I have a connection from back home who has sent former players that I've played with as well. And he has um, a club team that he's in contact with over there. Or, like, he has club teams and then, like, other teams that he can send players to um, to play for. So um, that's my plan right now. Um, thinking – I have to get in touch with him, but I think I'm going to go over in February. So I'll finish my undergraduate – for our online classes and graduate in May, but I'll go over in February just to be there when everyone else gets there and get acclimated and figure out what works in uh, life in Sweden. So I'll be playing um, on an island right off the coast of Stockholm um, in Visby. So. And you will do absolutely great things over there, I have no doubt. Mackenzie Dixon, thank you for joining me. Uh, this has been a, a pleasure for me because you're, you're such a fun kid and you're such a fun person to talk to anyway. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you.
weekend look ahead. Um, Women's Golf has their home event over at Clarksville Country Club next Monday and Tuesday. Uh, great event. Always a really good field. Uh, gives a real sense of what the Govs are up against. A lot of OVC schools make the track to Clarksville for this every year. Dylan, what can we expect from the governor's perspective? Yeah, a couple of the Govs. Um, will feel definitely at home, starting with Clarksville native Reagan Green, who posted her first career top 10 placing as a Gov at last year's home event, and also Taylor Goodley seeking her first victory in the event as she was third as a freshman and then runner-up as a sophomore. The men will also be in Sapphire Valley, North Carolina this week after taking a much-needed week off. On the gridiron, as we alluded to earlier in the pod, football headed to Jacksonville State, nationally ranked Jacksonville State, 33-game winning streak against the league. Jacksonville State, biggest target on their back in the league, Jacksonville State. Dylan, what's going to be the biggest challenge for the Governors? I think uh, the offense, um, getting some more consistency there, would be a huge help for the Govs. Kentale Williams getting involved last week, being the leading producer on that offense, was a great start. If they're able to run the ball and get sustained drives, that helps the Austin P defense out by being able to stay off the field and get rested and be ready to attack that Jacksonville State offense at a very tough place to play. Would love to get a big contingent of APSU fans in the stands as Jacksonville State could be a hostile environment. Uh, cross country back on the road again this week. Uh, big event in Louisville, huge event, hundreds of schools, very similar to regional competition. Gray coming in with the big win last week at the home event, uh, and some young women's cross-country runners in the field. Dylan, what do you expect in this kind of regional-style format? Yeah, so Wesley Gray obviously coming off that big individual title. It'll be interesting to see how he performs against some some top-class runners and as well as the whole entire men's team. The women's team with a lot of new faces around in and around the program. Um, they'll have their first experience maybe with a huge uh, or huge or larger field. Um, Hugely and bigly and largely. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how those results go um, over the course of the weekend. Soccer and volleyball both with one game weekend. Uh, for the Govs on the pitch, Soccer Friday against Jacksonville State. Uh, and this is a big opportunity not just to get back in the win column, but also to get a little bit of rest with the meat of the OVC schedule coming up. Uh, Dylan is a former soccer player at Cumberland. Uh, how important is that at this point in the season? Oh, it's, it's massive. Um, we would always look forward to the, the big matches, but we know uh, we knew that we had to give 100% for the entire 90 minutes or however long um, you would play in these games. Conference games, especially at this level, are going to be always close. Um, so you know you have to give 100% every single time. And knowing that it's only one game this weekend maybe can psychologically help the players out. Um, they defended their home turf already this season in the conference with uh, a win and a draw. Um, they slipped up on the road, but hopefully they can get back on track at home. They've had a proven track record now of winning and staying unbeaten at home. They've went now 14 straight conference matches at home, dating back to 2016, unbeaten, and 21 matches overall at home, unbeaten. So it's a big game, um, big game psychologically, and for the standings, they're currently sixth place in the OVC standings. Um, obviously, 11 teams overall in the OVC, top eight go to the OVC tournament. So if they win, they can climb back up and maybe get some breathing room from those teams around 7th, 8th, and 9th, maybe vying for a better position. 
and also Saturday uh, for the governor volleyball team against Moorhead State here at home, but that's not the big one. The big one is Tuesday night, tonight, against Murray State in the Battle of the Border, Heritage Bank Battle of the Border, and by the time this pod is released, you will know what has happened, and we will hopefully have sent the racers back to the barn up in Murray, Kentucky. Uh, get in touch, stay in touch with us via web and social. Dylan, how can people get in touch with us on social media? Yeah, uh, easiest ways are connecting via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and a lot of that is through the work of Taylor Wiseman and Tyler Davis there. Um, all those graphics you see, all that video you see, it's mainly the product of those two, and they do a wonderful job for us here. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Uh, Dylan, Cody Bush, our boss, and Stefan Nolay, our colleague, do a tremendous job over there, and occasionally I chip in as well. Uh, you want tickets to any Austin P home event, holler at Katie Locker, Sydney Hooper, and they've got what you need with the Austin P ticket office at 93. 93- 931221-P-E-A-Y. Uh, if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out, or just tell me I sound like the world's most sophisticated hillbilly, email us at schwartzd at apsu.edu or wilsonrc at apsu.edu. Uh, Dylan, this was enjoyable, and we will try to be back again next week unless the censors take us off the air. See you, everybody. You want me pounding on the church Oh, it's the kind of love that doesn't exist anymore You want Hollywood, this is real life I wanna kiss you in the pouring rain I say I loved you from the first time I saw you It's a surefire way to get your heart